Thank you for listening to Lone Star Community Radio. This program was broadcasted and recorded live from the LSCR studios in downtown Conroe, Texas. Lone Star Community Radio is supported by listeners like you. Donate and sponsor today. For more information on getting involved with Lone Star Community Radio, contact us at lscrstudios at gmail.com or visit us online at www.irlonestar.com. We're live here on Mornings with Lone Star. From the heart of downtown Conroe, Texas. Lone Star Community Radio. That's right. It is 9.04. Sorry for all those promos. I was trying to get us up on YouTube and Facebook. It's a process. But we are live on YouTube and Facebook with Mornings of Lone Star right here with Brett Hanley. He is in the studio with us. Before we get to him, I want to remind folks we are here every weekday from 8 to 11 a.m. Uh, Monday through Friday. We, yeah, every weekday. That makes sense. But, uh, but yeah, it's Thursday. It's a beautiful day. And Brett is my only guest today, so it's just going to be him and I, and we're going to hang out. He is an author. If you're on YouTube, Facebook, he is. Uh, I put a link to the book, Rocket Science. We're going to talk a little bit about that. And then uh, if you have any comments or questions, visit us on Facebook at Mornings with Lone Star. Or if you're watching on YouTube, you can do the comment section right there because I'm looking at it right now. So, Brett, welcome to the new studio, man. Yes, it is a beautiful studio. Yeah, I was very surprised that I got I landed here. And then here? yeah, and then yeah. Sean left. Yeah. So I was like, <laughs> "Oh, guess what? We got a new studio." Really? Really? Well, I'm going to take a job at a conv- at a competing community radio station. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess I did did they? I don't really know. But he does have a show on yeah. Monday. If people don't know who Brett is, Brett Hanley's an author. We're going to be talking about the book in a bit, but he's been on the show before, and one of our, uh, our connecting Kevin Bacon thing is Sean who is Sean Case Thompson, who is the editor in chief of uh, Woodlands Online. Woodlands Online, yeah, and not not this book, not Rocket Science. No, he did not he did edit not, my he book. He did not edit that. No, so I thought he was the editor of everything. He edited everything. He, yes, he edits everything. New York Times, that's Sean. Does Washington it, Post, Sean. That's Sean. London yeah. Times, Sean. Yeah, The Enquirer, Sean. Sean. Yeah, Playboy, Sean. Sean. Uh, Tokyo Gazette, Sean. <laughs> Sean. Uh, but that's how we know each other. So. If, if we, we say something that, like, oh, these guys already, it's like we're joining in a conversation that we're already having. Uh, but, yeah, we both know uh, Sean, and I know you're a theater dude. Uh, or, yes. Or uh, I like to call them thespians. And is that the correct term? Thespian is correct term. I don't know if it's canceled yet. It's I with f- a P, not a B. Thespian. 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 Yeah, I yes. feel like that's one of those words people get canceled for because they misinterpret it. They're like, what is the thespian? What are you calling me? Actually... <laughs> Actually, there was a famous, um, I think oh. it was a presidential race where one guy accused the other guy's sister of being a known thespian. Are you, and he thought, it, he thought it meant something else? Everybody else thought it meant something else, but it always uh, just meant actor. Yeah, that's what I always thought. This was back in like 1900s or 1890s, but something we, like that. I, but I could see that word being important today because it clarifies I'm a stage actor or I'm a... TV screen actor because those are two different types of acting. Generally, you refer to yourself as a thespian if you're an actor. Uh, I am an actor. I am a thespian. So, like George, uh, what was his name? What's that guy's name from uh, The Godfather? Orson Welles. He considers himself an actor. Marlon Brando. Why did I say Orson Welles? They're the same kind of ego, right? That's what. Uh, Well, Orson Welles was an actor and a director. Marlon Brando was just an actor. And he was not a thespian. He was a uh, he was a method actor. 
Oh, there's from the New York school method. There's an, there, Oh, yeah, because, you know, I didn't know that about There's actually, actually two methods. There's yeah, the there's, New York school method, and there's the uh, Stanislavski method. Yeah, because that's the Russian guy, right? Who taught in the United States, but yes. Yeah. Well, because I was listening to uh, a podcast with John Berthamall. I think that's how you pronounce his last name. He's the Punisher on Netflix. Uh-huh. And he was talking about he went to school in Russia. Yep. For acting, and that's where, like, this that guy started writing about that method. Yeah. Stanislavski. Stan, Stan, Stanislavski. Stanislavski. Uh, but it was really, I was like, I didn't even know there was different versions of acting or, or teaching of acting, if, if that's what it's called. But uh, I was amazed by that because it was a whole different, like, he was explaining the timeline yeah. of, like, when these acting schools or thoughts were born. Yeah. And it's really, on the other end of the world, they're doing a completely different thing. So if you're in the 1800s traveling the world... You uh, see different acting when you go to the, yep, go to the plays. Like it'd be completely different. Yeah, which is uh, kind of well, cool. Well, the plays would be different because they're written by different people. But I mean, <laughs> true. I mean, but it's just the methods of the acting, uh, which I still don't get. It's kind of like when you listen to like baseball players talk about pitching. And you're like, man, I don't really know what you're talking about. Like you're you're going into too much detail about hold, well, holding a ball, and it's like I don't I don't I don't know what you're talking about. Well. Film changed acting. Because we could see it more or? Because you could see it more because, okay, up until film was a big thing, acting was all about being heard, being heard clearly. So you had, in almost every um, theater, you had a voice teacher who taught dumb little yabos like me how to speak correctly. And you would speak in rounded tones so that everyone could understand okay. everything you said. Sorry about that. Very good. I, was just, <laughs> I know the audience is like, oh, God. Uh, but, you know, and it was all about projection. It was all about being heard. It was about spitting out the lines. Yeah. So Stanislavski comes along in, I want to say the 30s, maybe a little bit later. His, his, his school of acting didn't really pick up until about the 40s. But... Um, he taught about becoming your character, about um, sympathizing with your character, and, well, what would my character do in this case? The whole thing about be a tree. You know, you say, well, if you were a tree, what kind of tree would you be? I'd be an oak tree. Okay. Well, stand stiff and tall like an oak tree. How does an oak tree feel? Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I can't believe that's real. Which that's is, true, I mean, it's, it's, it's actually an exercise, oh, and I it's know, hard yeah. to do. You know, I, I mean, you don't do it actually on stage, but you do it as an exercise because it helps your brain Get out of oh. your own space mm -hmm. and into the space of the character. Yeah, acting seems like a lot of fun. Um, New York School method goes that takes that one step further, and it goes towards like if you're being the character. So you're you, doing heroin because your your character's a heroin addict. Yeah, uh, to a certain extent, more like a oh uh, that weirdo who played the Joker second, the uh, second Heath Ledger. Master. He's not Heath Ledger after him. Oh, uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Not Joaquin. Oh my Between God! There's a lot, there's a lot of people. <laughs> uh, ooh, Jared Leto. Jared Leto. Jared, Jared Leto. Jared Leto is a New York school actor. Is a New York school method actor, and he's, you know, it's like, well, he's terrible. Well, we do it this week. Well, so he's he's not actually a bad actor. Just it's just his characters are horrible characters. Well, he actually did a movie about heroin, and I'm wondering <laughs> if he did heroin. Uh huh. Did he really do yeah, heroin? I I uh, probably I don't know. I know that when he was playing the Joker, he wanted to be crazy. He did some well, yeah. questionable pranks. Uh, on his... Okay, well, it's kind of like a Andy Kaufman uh, movie with Jim Carrey. There's a whole documentary based off his behavior. Yeah, as an actor, 
acting in that Andy Kaufman biopic film he did. Right yeah. On. So, but I don't think he's a New York guy, is he? Uh, yeah, New York school. I mean, you don't have to be from New York to to subscribe to oh, the okay. New York school. It's the it's it's the school. It's like, you know, you don't have to be named Mondrian to be a Mondrian school artist. Don't oh, don't look at it. He, th- he wants to pay his bill. He want what? He wants to pay his bill. This is where utility billing used to be. So oh. <laughs> I'm, co- I'm convinced for the next ten years we're gonna get people randomly trying to come into the studio, and have ten get only out. ten. <laughs> yeah. And now he's waiting. It's like that's pretty. Here funny. at the ground floor of the beautiful Conroe but, uh, Tower in gorgeous downtown Conroe, the shining jewel of the North Central Greater Houston Metropolitan Area. I, w- I so what I wish we had was when he touched the doorknob, it uh-huh. beep like beep, and they're like, and then and then they're like not utility billing. So you kind of need a big sign like you used to have sign. at the uh, old yeah. thing that you can turn on that says "On air, don't bother me." Yeah, I'm working on that right now. I'm going to put it over here in the corner. We got we got some stuff going on, and uh, the, I de- see that. the desk was the first one to get done. But uh, you know, the reason that we're talking about acting is your book. Yes, is connected to that. Yes, it's because about a, it's a fiction book. Yes, or, or yeah, it's, it's not a fictional book. Fictional novel. book, it's a novel, a story about community theater and actors. Yes, yes. It is so let's talk a little bit about the actors, about less about the theater. Go ahead. So is it more? Is this book? I'm holding it in my hand so people can see it. And there's a link to purchase it on Amazon in the description below. It's called Rocket Science, and from what I understood, it was it was basically just about the people involved with the community uh, community theater. But it's about the people. Yes. A lot of times, what people don't realize is it's almost like a, a dysfunctional family. Oh yeah. At these community theaters, because you'll get people who ten years ago were in a play, and then they come back and they they treat it like oh I'd never left. Yeah. And then people know people. And it's really weird. Well, it, people in theater, whether it's professional or, or or amateur, yeah, are super broken people. Yeah, I believe that. Well, There's, I think everyone's broken. Everyone. Well, yeah, but you know a lot of actors, so you 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 even those think people that. out there, they're broken. Nah, they're broken. No, not 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 as bad. Act- <laughs> actors are pretty pretty broken. So, see, the thing is, is art never comes from a safe place. Yeah, I, I always feel like the actors are, in a sense, brave enough to let go. <laughs> well, they're brave enough to let go and have fun. Well, yeah, there's that. So, but there's a lot of alcohol involved. So well, yeah, <laughs> certain people. But I'm just saying because it's like because like the, the get the tree example you were talking about. Yeah. Like no one wants to convince themselves most of the time. Like I'm not going to pretend to play this. Oh no 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 but no! They're not get, pretending. Well, that's what I'm saying. They're like, not being themselves. They're a tree. That's what's awesome is we see the thing about acting, and this is why actors are so broken. Or or it's not why actors are so broken. Actors are broken because of who they of because their dad. Sure, their dad. Their mom, dad. their dad, their I mom. I can't believe you me. broke somebody. Oh God, yes. Way to go, Dad. <laughs> yeah. Well, man, I. Uh... Well, what I meant by that comment was like, if you go up to a, a person and give them the prompt of like, "Hey, be an oak tree," a lot of times they don't want to. Like, they're like, "I'm not going to play that game." But when you get an actor, they're like, "Okay, I'm going to try. I'm going to do this. Like, yeah. I am going to do this." Because it's an opportunity to not be them. Yeah. Well, okay. I guess that's sad and. Uh... <laughs> Well, hey, you know that's what I, the thing is, if you you're voluntarily would, you know being what, somebody else, then you are person, broken. You're super broken. I, I would tell that person, I go, you know what's weird about that? Well, regardless, it's going to end at one point. Well, yeah. Well, so 
down, I mean, I guess you just want to pretend to be. Other I don't people. know. You go out to San Antonio; those trees are over three hundred yeah. years old. So <laughs> they're all actors. <laughs> that, that'd be really. That'd be a, that'd be a great that movie. A, <laughs> that'd be a great twist at the end. Like all the trees. Oh, these are just people who convince yeah. themselves to be trees, and guess what happens? They turned into trees. <laughs> Wild. Yeah. They saw Santa Ana coming. They're like, you know what? I'm an oak tree. Yeah, and then. Uh, <laughs> But so this is about people who uh-huh. are involved in the community uh, community theater, yes. and it. I guess it's one of those things. Would you call it a dark comedy? It's a classic comedy. Okay, because because you already told told a lot of depressing things about actors, so it's like. Oh yeah, I mean, look, just because you're broken doesn't mean that you're not living your best life. I mean, I guess. Uh, hell, I'm broken. Everybody knows that. Yeah. My own my own nieces and nephews call me the crazy uncle. I like it. I I used to have one of those. He's sadly one. Well, I'm not that I'm not that kind of crazy uncle. No. <laughs> no, one time he was sitting there, we're at our family gathering, and he goes, You know how lucky you are to be alive. And I was like, Yeah, and he's like, But do you know how lucky you are to be alive and to be you? And I was like, Yes. And he's like, Let me tell you about the stars and how the galaxy works. And how unique. Oh, he started going into this huge thing. And I was like, all right, cool. Can I go back and play basketball? Like, everyone's, <laughs> everyone's playing basketball. And so I was like, that crazy uncle. Yeah, I mean, he's he's right. I get it. But Yeah, I never did that kind of thing. You never I'm, did that? No. You no, don't? I, don't, I, I honestly don't know why I was called the crazy uncle. I, Except for I never, I don't spend a lot of time with my family and. People. People. Yeah. You know, but yeah. Actually, it sounds that's like that's why you wrote a book. Sounds like your uncle is Tyson. Yeah, well, that's I had a I had a writing teacher once tell me that we write because we weren't invited to the party, and I'm like, uh, <laughs> okay. Well, what inspired you to write this story? Uh, what inspired me to write the story? Because I mean, clearly you you do community theater at one point in your life. You did. Yeah, you, I I I, so I, I still do the... it when I when I when I can. I mean, I don't act anymore because I don't like it. Yeah. But I do direct when people ask me to. Yeah. Um, but uh, what inspired me to write the story is that the words were in my head and they needed to be on the page. So it wasn't necessarily, was it more of the characters and you need to put them in a setting? Or was the setting was the first thing, like, I want to write something about community theater and then I created these characters? Or was it vice versa? Uh, it was neither. It was word follows, word follows, word follows, word okay. follows, word. That's scary. So it's like you're not even writing your own story. Someone else is like, yeah, like, I'm I'm one of those weird writers who it's all about words on page. Okay, you know, which is why there's no writer's block for you. Oh no, because you're not putting actually. words on page. You're like, the, I have a writer's block like thing that happens. Okay, because social social media is is my hobgoblin. What does that mean? Like it's like it's terrible. It just, no, it follows me around and and distracts me from oh, doing okay. the writing because. My brain, my weird brain, makes me put words on page, words on page, yeah. a certain number of words per day. Oh, so you have to do. But it. if I'm screwing around on social media, Those writing guys. writing my stupid opinion about, <laughs> I don't know, the war in in Ukraine. Three hundred words there. That's three hundred words that probably aren't going to get on a page of a that's of true. a novel or a, or a short story. You only have so much in the tank. Per day, yeah. Yeah, per day. That's funny. I didn't even think about it like that. <laughs> That's kind of scary. Now, like, you wake up, you have to be very careful. You're like, all right, if I just go, I need to grab a pen, not a keyboard. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, say so, yes. The problem is I write on a keyboard. You, no. I can't even read my own handwriting if I write. Yeah. In I wonder. Long do hands. you think they're going to get rid of handwriting in like fifty years? Who? Like the society. Oh, what? Get rid of handwriting? The handwriting, like no, completely. It's, just, it's 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 it. It won't be completely gotten rid of, but it'll be. You'll see it a lot less. I mean, because I think I would I would predict the last thing to go when it comes to handwriting is your signature. If they start, if they replace your signature with like a blood drop thing or whatever, you know, in the future, like well, I'm talking about, like you know, sci-fi stuff. Yeah, that's what I think the last written word will be like a your signature, like the most people who write, because most people it's like, hey, we need your signature. Okay, okay. Well, I mean, writing is still, yeah, but like still there. Well, as as long if you got a if you got a stylus, a lot of people use their phone see, as I, a notebook. You see, I don't, I don't see people doing that. I don't know why I never really because I see that I know the technology exists. Well, it's because most people who would do that actually just have a regular notepad. Yeah, that's true. Because I have a notepad right here, and that's I'd rather you use know, this to do my notes for shows and things than a computer. Because there are sometimes when it's easier to just pull out the notebook and write it down yeah. than it is to get out the. So phone you don't think we're, we'll, we'll ever get rid of the, the a paper? No. We'll never get rid of or not paper like the handwriting. We won't ever get rid of paper. I see. I can see us getting rid of paper. Nah. But I can see us using tablets and stuff, like writing on tablets or whatever. But when they do the Neuralink thing, you don't even have to do anything. You just talk to each other through your head. Oh, that would be horrible. That's what uh, that's what they're trying to do. No. No, I'm just kidding. That's not you what they're trying to do. Think about your worst possible think. Thought. Yeah, but we get over think that Think about real your fast. worst possible You know that's thought. a movie. Th- you know that's probably a movie plot. I mean. And, but, like, we would get over that really quickly because everyone's in the same boat. Really? Do you get over it if somebody breaks into your computer? No, but you're breaking into their computer, too. It's going both ways. It's not one way. Do you really want to know what your wife's worst possible thought is? But it, you, you can't help it. It's human nature. You're going to want to know. So everyone's going to be knowing about everybody. Oh, no, no. I don't want to know what my worth, wife's worst possible thought is. Oh, no. When you turn that machine on, everyone, you have no choice. Like, you're just going to do everything all at once. Yeah, right? see, that's the problem. See, that's why it's so scary to me. <laughs> I think it uh, it'd be hilarious. I that would be a really funny movie where they connect everybody, and then like you, the main character chooses not to go. Like he misses that day to get the chip implant. It's like because <laughs> you know, like oh, he got like threw up or something, and he's like, oh, I'm ten minutes behind. Mm. And then all of a sudden, everyone's connected but him, and he's like trying to talk to people, and no one will will talk to him because everyone can talk. You know, well, that sounds heads. like one of the horrible just Twilight Zones. See, I'm already, I'm already almost there. Was there was finally time. Yeah, and then, <laughs> and then what would be funny? The, the end of the movie would be he's the only one that sees the impending doom, but he uh, can't tell anybody because he's not connected. So no one will listen to him because he's not connected. And then the earth blows up or whatever, and he's the only one that he's like trying to tell, like it's going. And so that'd be good. That's a good. That's a good Twilight Zone show right there. There you go. There we go. I'm going to call it rocket science. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. So, um, Oh, no. Do you have any idea how many books are titled rocket science? Well, even... Just our, do a search. Are do educational it. books called rocket science? Yes. So just say, there's it, like 20, there's so, like 20 textbooks on actual rocket science. Well, yeah, but people always say like, oh, you're, are you smart as a rocket science? But I always wonder if the book itself said like rocket science 101. Like that's the uh, actual most of teaching are, book. Most of, most of the books that I saw, even the textbooks, were ironically titled. Well, because it was well, basically I mean, like basic physics. Yeah, because I feel like there's an actual 
like a, a a complex word for rocket science. It's not called rocket science. It's called like aerodynamic something advanced propulsion ballistics. or something. Yeah, or something. You know, it's a, it's advanced ballistics, a little bit of aerodynamics. But there's a fancier word than rocket science. There is a fancier word than yeah. rocket science. Yes. Generally, people say rocket science ironically. Okay, that's good. I Again, just... it's not rocket science. But that's not, your title. Your book is rocket science. Yes. So. But it's not about rockets or science. Well, that's that's for them to find out, because you have a rocket on the front. It's actually a flat that looks like a rocket. So you're lying. No. It's a what? A flat? It's a flat. A flat? It's a theater flat. I have no idea what a theater flat is. is okay, you, you, okay, you sit down in a theater, you see the walls, the beautiful walls that, that are in, um, I don't know, the apartment on, on, on Central Park. Okay. None of those are real walls. Okay. They're made up of... Three or four foot wide panels. Um, sometimes they're hard sided, which means they have a piece of Luan board on the front. Okay. Most often they're soft sided, which means they just have a piece of canvas stretched across it. And then this thing. And that's that's a flat. Is each one of those is called a flat? And that's that's a theater flat. Because you'll make a theater flat that just looks like a thing and stick it out there and make it look. In a standard proscenium theater, you only see the front. Yeah. See, I, I can't imagine. See, I've never, I, I was on the board of a community theater uh-huh. over at the the Players Theater Company. I've been on the board of two community theaters. And they asked me because they, they I quote, needed somebody who had nothing to do with this theater. <laughs> and I was I didn't understand what that meant when they asked me. They meant not crazy. And Well, that's what I, basically they were like, we need to find people. They need to have, because boards, it's a nonprofit. So if people yeah. don't know, nonprofits have boards. And the boards make the important decisions that like rules or money or whatever. Yes. And they're like, yeah, we need we need somebody that's outside. That's or they not... rubber stamp the decision that was already made by somebody yeah. who has the actual power. In yeah. yeah. See, that wasn't me. I don't. I'm a, I'm a high bribe. Uh-huh. And usually it's something dangerous, so no one wanted to give in to okay. my bribe. But uh, but everyone out. I quickly learned everyone involved was doing something in some other play, something, something, something. So I was like, oh, I get it why they asked me, because I will never do a play. I'll never direct. I'll never be the light guy. I'll never be the sound guy. I'll never do that, because it's amazing how much time you have to commit to something like that. I'm like, I don't have time for that at all right now. And so I think that's why they asked me. I had time to be on the board, but not you know three weeks straight of some musical doing sound. I was like, no, I'm not doing that every night. <laughs> what do what? think i am well that meant you had more time to be on the board which, yeah you know board members do a lot of stuff behind the scenes that, yeah it was tough like know. i'm on the bowling board here in the montgomery county and it's amazing how like I, how in, inefficient i am with emails because you if you imagine having like a text conversation with 15 people oh yeah well that's why you got my that's why you got my headshot in the picture and the <laughs> cover photo this morning is yeah I didn't even check my. I don't even check yeah. my email but well, about once a week. Well, it's not even that. It's like people have gotten to the point where they treat emails like conversations instead oh. of like written out thought. So you'll yeah. get fifteen emails saying, "Yeah, sure. What do you think? Yeah, yeah I think that's great. It's, yeah, it's cool. It's cool." And then all of a sudden, you see all of these it's a stack, and you're like, "All right, somewhere in there is where the question is." So I got to find it. <laughs> and uh, I, I see everybody who would treat an email like that for me text just texts me usually. You know, most of my emails that aren't something that I expect are um, Albanians 
telling me exactly how I can expand my penis. <laughs> oh, is that, is that spam? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you never, beautiful Albanian you never, girls will help you to expand your penis. Yeah, yeah. There's there's the spam out there. It's pretty great. Uh, <laughs> pretty hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the scary thing is is the Facebook ones because you get messages yeah. now and it's like it's like I got a message from my aunt and it says like oh I thought of you and I saw this picture and I'm like she never ever messaged me on Facebook but we talk and yeah. I was like I don't oh they actually hacked her account huh? I guess and I was like. I was gonna click on it, and then I go no, no. Because I, I get a lot I, of I texted my mom and her like them together. I was like, hey, I got a message from you. And I'm not want to seem I don't want to seem rude, but it's like, is it you? Because it was a very sweet message, and I was like, he's like, no, it's not me. I'm like, good thing I didn't click that. But uh, yeah, I get a lot of I I used to get a lot of uh, um, duplicate accounts from that, other from people. Fake, oh where yeah, they, yeah. Where they'd steal a steal a steal a, a profile pic, and I feel like and, that would be a badge of honor if someone stole my profile. Oh no, these were and pretended to be. Well, I mean, somebody wanted. That. I mean, it's not like Sean Thompson with fifty thousand friends and and family is like people with 30, 30 friends and family. But at the same time, you know, I guess that's more trustable in their mind. You know, yeah, because you know, friends. Because like I'm a nobody. If I send if I send you a thing that says. These Albanian prostitutes yeah. will make your penis better. <laughs> um, you'd be more likely to believe me and cl- click on the link. <laughs> I guess I don't. I don't know. I mean, I mean I'm, I'm pretty well, sure you'd be like, "Well, why is Brent no, no, telling no, me about Albanian who prostitutes who again?" It? Who was it? It was uh, we had a, a tax person in one time. And he said they they're prone to get hacked because yeah. when they get hacked, they send out all their stuff. Oh yeah, and say, "Hey, your taxes. We have an issue with your taxes. We need you to do this." And uh, yeah, he's like, yeah, and the success rate is like a hundred percent, because that's how when they when they get those tax offices information, it's like any email they send from there, oh yeah, people are gonna click on it because it's like my taxes. They, they don't even they don't even need to to hack them. They just use a spoofer, yeah, that pretends to be that's nuts that office. And uh, yeah, if you're not expecting, well, number one, nobody who takes your money is ever going to use email as their primary contact because it's just too easy to fake it. It's too easy to break into Mm it. Like every year people get scammed by the IR by, by, by people spoofing the IRS and they get an email that says you're about to go to jail for an audible. Yeah. I've seen that. IRS never contact you by email. Yeah. They don't contact you by phone. They contact you using Smell mail. Mail. Mail Snail mail. mail. They send you mail. They send you mail. They send you a guy with mail. Then they send the the special service, the uh, secret service. Really? Yeah, that's it. That's that's you that's sound like you've had experience with this. I do not have personal experience <laughs> with it, but I know a couple of people I who have. I kinda wanna do it just to see if they do it. <laughs> you know? Like I've been waiting for you guys. Well, I mean, it takes a while. They don't yeah. they don't it's not like you know, it's not like they're going to come down here and arrest Buford Pusser for not paying his five hundred dollars yeah. in in income taxes. Because I guess he won because he won five numbers on the on the lotto. Yeah, they're, they're coming after million dollar hitters or people who are consistently not paying taxes. Yeah, some people don't pay taxes. <laughs> it's kind of amazing. Looking at you, Brad, do you pay your taxes? I pay my taxes. Every single year. That's good. I paid every leap year. 
That's my every leap year. Every four years. Every four years I pay it. (laughs) To be fair, my birthday's on February 29th, so. (laughs) I like it. All of my years are four years. (laughs) That's how you have to do it. And, uh, but you know, is there anything you want to tell the audience about specifically about the book? Because it's a fiction comedy about people that happen to be involved with community theater. Yes. That's kind of the gist of it. Yes. So that was in your brain and you had to get it out. Pretty much, yeah. That's hilarious. Or do you identify yourself with any of the characters? So when I'm reading it, I'm thinking, oh, this is Brett. Uh, the main character, Dave, is... Oh, I'm sorry. The main character, Dave, is perfect Brett. Okay. He's the guy that I would like to be if I wasn't the broken person that I am. <laughs> I like how you keep referring to yourself as a broken person. Everybody's a broken person. As you said, everybody's a little bit broken. Some of us are more broken than others. And, you know, I mean, if you're going to do any kind of art, you're going to be broken. You know, Coleridge didn't write the rhyme of the ancient mariner because he was having a great day. And nobody has ever written a novel where every other other page is feeling fine, looking good. (laughs) Well, I mean, like, it's kind of hard to say that because, you know, the best kind of art comes from... You know, pain from tragic pain things. pain it all comes from pain and even like the comedy stuff it's still good oh man the funniest comedy comes from people who are just dying inside but uh i don't know which sounds horrible well, the maybe, way i said it maybe but, i'll uh, be the first artist is is not in pain well you're a you're an interviewer you don't need to be in pain yeah i feel like i'm in pain right now talking to you oh so I'm trying to I'm trying to relate. So that's what I'm trying. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to relate. Uh, but uh, I am an oak tree. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm a fig tree. I guess. What kind of, I don't even know. Oh, well, bonsai tree. That's the tree I'd be. Oh wow, you have a lot of pain. Yeah. You gotta be. You gotta take care of me all the time. Or what happens to bonsai trees is like if you don't take care of they them? They grow into actual trees. So why don't they want that? Because the whole art of bonsai is the specific con- careful control yeah. of the growth to create a work of art. Oh, so when you see when you see those little bonsai trees, they're not uh-huh. little. I mean, like they're some. I mean, they do still grow, but they don't grow like big as like a house. They can be, yeah. Man, that's awesome. And so, hypothetically, I mean, if a whole for, family is taking care of, yeah, I mean, for generations, you're yeah. doing that. Wouldn't that be amazing? I'm pretty sure there are some in Japan that are that's that That's amazing. In that way. See, that I like that. That's fun. Can you imagine being that one kid who doesn't want to do it? It's like, this tree's <laughs> been in our family for seven generations. I don't really want to cut a tree. That's, like, I think that's mean. You know? Like, I'm okay, a tree there's your anime. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, okay, I like that. So, yeah, there's, I'd be a bonsai tree. A bonsai tree. I'd, now I have to a think tortured, of, A tortured dwarf tree that's had... That's had your leaves pulled off. Yeah, the world's doing intervals. that to me. Just watered on it's one side. It's the world's fault, not my fault. The uh, world's cutting my limbs. Uh, See, man. I'm already in it. I'm already in it. Now I want to be on the stage and show everyone. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know I, I'll, I'll. Okay, the people who the the people who talk about the world being mean to me. Yeah, <laughs> they're usually the villain. You know that, right? Yeah, of course. Oh, okay. So you see yourself as the villain. Oh, yeah. But I'm, I mean, I gotta gotta change some stuff up. Like, I don't want to be a good guy. Good guy's boring. 
Because something the only bad thing I don't like in stories about a character that's good is at one point it's gonna be like such a gray area, and it's just like just do it, just kill that person so the world's safe. Just do it. Like Batman, that was like one thing I really I really liked about Batman because they Batman you know, doesn't kill. Doesn't kill, and like you know that was constant with the Joker, and then like yeah. trying to you know it's all these co- cool problems, but then it, but then when you start writing him in a way where like oh, kind of like the Superman problem, like oh Superman's flying through all these buildings, clearly oh. killing people. Oh and oh it, oh the man the 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 Man of Steel movie man I hate whatever that, that but I'm talking about like you know Batman can he won't kill people but he's driving 150 miles an hour on the highway trying to catch the Joker. And clearly, people are getting hurt. So oh yeah, does that not count? Oh, I mean, and Batman has killed. Well, that's what I'm saying, like it, not intentionally, and and and, and the, when they say Batman doesn't kill, I mean, it means Batman's not going to pull out. Number one, Batman hates guns because childhood trauma. Um, but no. it's not so. He's not going to pull out a 45 and shoot you in the face. Yeah, but he is going to. He can kill people. So he'll beat as. Okay. I I don't know. Uh, collateral damage. As I'm, collateral damage, you could die. It's like going to war. You know, you don't shoot somebody who's got his hands up and his hands behind his head. You know, you don't shoot the guy like this, but everybody else, go ahead, bam. Um, yeah, it's true. I mean, mm. Superman doesn't kill specifically, and that's what I hated about Man of Steel was uh, all the people he killed. <laughs> all the people he killed because yeah, you know, great. never, it never, never great. mind the whole thing where he snapped Zod's neck. Yeah. All of the people in the city that just oh, it was great. You're had there millions going, of tons well, of no, concrete on top no, of them. No, what was it? Uh, I remember that being one of the biggest complaints about Man of Steel. And then they release Batman versus Superman. I think it was. Uh-huh. And the opening scene is the other perspective, where it's, yeah. it's Bruce Wayne on the ground trying to get away, like move away in the city while they're blowing up the city. Well, he's actually moving into the city to to save people. Yes. And you just see this chaos and you're like, oh, they're they're telling us again that they don't care about Superman and riding Superman because they're showing it again that he's just killing, especially that poor kid and the mom or was it a dad or something like one of the Bruce Wayne picked up the little girl and the little girl. Oh, yeah. Her mom. Her mom mom was like, he got splat. And you're just like, oh, man. (laughs) But uh, that doesn't happen in this book, right? Uh, no falling buildings. No falling buildings. No, no aliens. But there is death, and there is uh, yeah, uh, some some very very tragic death. Uh, when you when you write a book like this, okay, do you you're already writing it because you're putting words on the paper? Yes. But when you're looking at it visually, do you think of it as a stage play? Or do you think of it as like just little? I think snip, of it as a life. As like yeah, so you're people like, living their lives. So you're having going like on. you you the author have uh-huh. this special lens into these people's life, and it's not any. I try to, and then you're listening and you're just rewriting what they're talking about, basically. Because I see pretty some, much yeah. Because some people write like oh, I want to write each scene, but in a book style. So like they focus on each scene. How long can they write each scene? Yeah. So they're basically and, writing a movie only in book form, but in book form yeah. and then, uh, or each chapter or whatever. Yeah. And then some people, well, I mean, have you read Jurassic park, the book, Michael Crichton? Yeah. Uh, I've never read it. No. Oh, you should read Crichton. You'll like Crichton. Crichton writes like he's writing, like he's like, he's laying out the movie. Okay. So I like Westerns a lot. 
Like oh, Zane, I like Zane man, Gray. I love westerns. Louis L'Amour. Have you ever? No, I. You've never read Louis L'Amour, and you say you no. like westerns? Well, I mean, I don't read every day, which is sad. Well, Louis L'Amour is a, a quick. I'm a read. bonsai tree. Okay. <laughs> I'm a bonsai tree. I don't have control over my growth. Okay. <laughs> Let's get with it. But uh, but no, I, I think the last book that I I read that I really liked was uh, Lonesome Dove. And that was like that's got to be seven years ago. Oh well. Uh, well, now I got a new book to read. Well, after you finish reading my book, yeah. uh, read the Sackett series by Louis Lamore. It starts out in the Sackett. The Sackett series, yes. Okay. It's a series of about twenty books following a single family through American history. Okay. I think it starts in like the fifteen hundreds. Um, got it. All right. And. Moves on through into the nineteenth, well, into the late nineteenth century. Yeah, I think there's like twenty five books in the series. Jeez. They're very thin. That's books. such a great recommendation to somebody who hasn't read in a while. Oh, hey, you should read this series. It's twenty nine books. Well, the thing is, the, the great thing about it is you can skip around. You don't have to read them all. Oh, okay. Because each one is a self. It, it, you know, it's not like a. It's not like one of those YA series where you have to have read all four. Is it going to end Harry like... Potter's before you know what's going That's on true. in the fifth one? Hey, it's funny about the Harry Potter books. Is my mother bought one for me? She's like, these really? are pop- she's like, these are popular. You need to read this. And I was like, okay. So your mom's a Satanist. So I read it, and then it turned out it was the third book. <laughs> and I was like, I go, I feel like I'm missing a lot of stuff. And then I look at the spine. It says like year three. And I'm it's like, got a big old three yeah, on it. <laughs> I, I don't. Well, you know, my mom. She's like, you just oh, want, yeah, I, I know. I want you to read. And then. uh I was like, this is so wild. Reading that book, I was like, I feel like I'm missing so much stuff. I mean, they're awesome books. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, because that, that, I want to check, because, yeah, Lindsay Double is really good, and my favorite book of all time is The Writers of the Purple Sage. That's my favorite book. Okay. Uh, and I don't know who wrote it. I forget it. It might be Zane Gray, but I don't think it is. Um, I think you're right. I think it is Zane Gray. Yeah, because, you know, I just don't remember a lot of stuff. Wow. Yeah. Oh, the FM guys here. Um, work on the FM stuff. Oh, so. wait, what? The FM t- the FM signal? Yeah. We're we're doing some work. Oh, really? That's what, yeah, he the signal? No, uh there's it's compliance stuff. Trying oh, to do okay. like emergencies, get you know, make sure everything you you'd be surprised how serious the FCC is oh, about oh, emergencies. I'm not surprised by So how they do tests. I think they do a test every like every week. There's a major test. I'm learning all about it because it's really important for us because, you know, 104.5, 106.1 is the disaster emergency channel here in Conroe. Well, and you remember when you were at the old location, you and you and you and Sean were pretty lax about your required station ID. And oh, no, when we, I was we, on we, the show, I'd be poking it's like, OK, you got a hard break coming up. Yeah, well, no, we're good because I played it at the nine o'clock. So it's not 10 yeah. o'clock yet. So oh, I good. know. I know. But back in the day. Oh, yeah. yeah. We just talk and just talk and talk. Oh, it's ten fifteen. Wow, you have a hard break coming up fifteen minutes ago. Yeah, true. <laughs> but uh, you know, let's uh, let's kind of talk more about the book so the listeners can understand. It's available on Amazon, and yes. if you have Amazon Prime, because this is Ken- oh, Kindle Unlimited. Kindle Unlimited, you can you can read it. for You free. can read it for free, and or you could buy it on Kindle or like yeah. whatever that's called. Yeah, and it's been out for a, almost a year. Yeah, but it's going to get pulled at the end of this month on Kindle. Or on entirely. Oh, I'm going to pull it for a month. Um, I've got some oh. stuff to add to the end oh. to tighten up the end a little bit. So if I buy it right now, I'll get 
like the inferior version. So the book I'm reading right now is the inferior. It is version. not the inferior version. It is. It is. It. It's. There's about a thousand words that I'm going to add on, and I'm going to change the cover. Um. Yeah, I, I would. The I cover's still, a little still, confusing. You see yeah. a rocket? Yes, I, I understand. I'm going to change the cover. Add a little bit of an ending to tighten up the ending just a little bit and, and re-release it for two dollars more. Okay. That's because Okay, so Daddy's I released gotta it last eat. year. Daddy's gotta eat. Oh, oh. <laughs> so I re- released it last year and I have sold three in a year. Yeah. Well it's because all promotion. It's all about promotion. I am terrible I, at promotion. I am Absolutely well, when terrible I see you on social media, you're fighting with people. You're fighting with the world. I am not yeah. fighting with the you're world. You're fighting with the world. I, I mean, take offense at that, sir. You can. You need a, a for a good follow. Fisticuffs at noon. Yes, <laughs> Brett's a good follow on social media because if you want to see some funny stuff every occasionally, you're like, all right, snark. I'm all about I the like snark. It. I like it. So, uh, but I had a guy who was supposed to be doing my marketing for me, my major marketing for mm-hmm. me, and the thing is. Every time we sat down to start get serious about the marketing, <laughs> some awful thing would happen to him. <laughs> it's like we'd have we'd have a business lunch, and then the next day an airplane engine would fall on his house or something. It's like, I mean, it wasn't even just minor stuff. It was like biblical yeah. crap. <laughs> so that's when you uh, flip the coin and see where you want to go from there. So, I, so after after eight months of that, I'm like, you know what? <laughs> I'm just going to let him off the hook <laughs> because at some point I could see his entire neighborhood <laughs> bursting into flames. I like it. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not superstitious, but at some point you have to say, you know, somebody's saying this guy is not allowed to be involved in this project. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, in fact, I've... you know, I got a story about that. About uh, the same guy. Or no, or different, is he dead? Di- different guy entirely. Um, okay. Actually a lawyer down in Houston. Um, but he was. But we were doing a show called Let Me a Tenor. I feel like I've heard of this show before. I'm I'm sure you've probably seen it because you're loosely involved in local theater. Yeah. You, you either heard of or have watched some of the, a lot of the yeah. shows. Let Me a Tenor is Let Me a Tenor is one of the shows that's um, in the rotation. It's one that every community theater does eventually. Yeah, every ten years or whatever it is. Yeah. So anyway, we're doing this show, and this guy says refers to the uh, the play Macbeth in the green room. Now, for those of you who are not theater people, if you're in a theater referring to the play Macbeth as the play Macbeth in the theater is a no-no. Come on, slow down and do that again. Is if a no-no? If you're doing... If, if you're not doing Macbeth... And you refer to the play Macbeth inside the theater, that's a bad thing. Okay. That causes verbally, a curse to happen. If you're verbally saying yes. it. Yes. Okay. If you say Macbeth in the theater and you're not okay. actually referring to the to the play. Okay, now I understand. And you're not actually in the play, that's a bad thing. And even if you're referring to the play, you refer to it as the Scottish play. <laughs> Y'all are, I love it. Okay. Now there are some people who go further with the superstition and and there's ways to undo it by turning around 15 times with your eyes closed and your nose on your head, which I assume is always, always there. there yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, this guy refers to Macbeth as Macbeth. Um, 
and everybody in the green room's like, ooh. And he goes, oh, I don't believe any of that superstitious crap. There we go. So this night, he gets hit by two doors, brains himself coming down the stairs because there was an overhang yeah. that we would brain ourselves on anyway. Brains himself coming down the stairs on an overhang, trips over all kinds of things, and actually got his hand caught in a door all in one night. I mean, I, but see, that's enough to like reevaluate. That's 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 enough to reevaluate your I mean, superstitions. That's true. I mean, yeah, because that's one thing uh, that whole and that's it's interesting. You wrote a book about that setting uh-huh. because it really does have such a unique ins and outs of not even just people, but just yeah, th- just the ecosystem there. It's so oh, yeah. it's so wild, and anything can happen. And uh, that's 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 a great little area to write in i bet it's it's good it's gonna be a good book i know i'm excited about reading because i haven't read cool so you should read it you should read it right now read it out loud i'll read it well sorry. pick list, a page and you're, pick, pick you're a page li- and you're, start reading list, oh i'm definitely not doing that i'm i'm just like like your fifth grade english that's teacher. so mean oh oh really that's so oh, okay. yeah and you know how long it t- took me to read lonesome dove took me like i want to say at least three or four months because you definitely should have read Louis L'Amour. Because I was, I had to read like this thick. I had to read it like twice, like each page. I was like, did I? Did it I... took me a month to read Lonesome Dove, and I'm a fast so, reader. No, it was it was tough, and uh, I read it all outside at B52s. The McMurtry Brewery. just is so wordy. I like it. I like Call a lot. I like those people. Description porn. Yeah, I'm all about it. <laughs> I'm all about it. Like I like Dune. Dune was a great book. Yeah. That was fun. One of the reasons Lord of the Rings is so long. It's like. If you take all six books, it's well, all three volumes, six books, it's like twenty five hundred pages long. You know why it's so long? Description porn. Yeah. There's an entire yeah, it's section funny. of uh, it's, Fellowship of I, the Ring. You know, see, I remember I read The Hobbit. I really yeah. liked The Hobbit. Yeah. And I was like, this is so great. And my mom was like, oh, you like The Hobbit? Here, I got you Lord of the Rings. And I was like, this book sucks. <laughs> I know. Like, this is nothing like The Hobbit. Like, or there's. You know, especially, you know, because. They did it in the in the movie in the movie Fellowship of the Ring. They did did it partly with kind of a montage. Yeah, but that montage of the trip south to Moriah or Moria or whatever they the call mon- it to the mines to the mines. Yeah, that's like oh a- my god! Yeah. It's like two hundred pages, and ninety percent of it is descriptions of how boring and stupid the land is. Well. Brown lands that were brown and flat and brown with the flame. There were some so slight you did, hills you, you in the brown. You did that in rocket science. No, I'm I'm not really good at at at, at description porn. I'm 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 all about I'm all about metaphors. Sometimes painfully specific metaphors. Yeah, yeah there's. That's uh, one thing I enjoy about certain books is when it goes over my head, and then like five years later, something will like I learn something oh, yeah. that's connected like, to it, and you're like. like Oh, oh, that's what he was. Doing. That's what's going. I love on. that. Yeah, because they're uh, like I read the Foundation series, and I still don't probably comprehend like any any of it still. But it was such a fun read because it's such a futuristic kind of thought. Yeah, and I love future stuff. I love like concepts like what could be, what could come from this. Asimov's awesome, and it was just fun. Like there were certain elements I was like, this guy's this boring part, and it's but then it's like okay, let's see where this goes. Yeah, and then, uh, he's a. He's actually one of my one of the one of the people I I, I, I I want to be. I mean, he wasn't a mentor of mine, but kind of like that. He's a he's a one of my idols. Yeah, he's wise because his books are fun. I mean, he's such a smart guy. Yeah, it's fun. 
It's, but he writes in such a down-to-earth way. Yeah. Um, Asimov is the only single author that has a book in every single major division of the library. Even, like, nonfiction? Mm-hmm. What did he do? Stars, or what did he do? Well, he was a physicist to begin with. Okay. Um, but he's got stuff in astronomy. He's got, he's yeah. got in every single major biology, philosophy, all of that. He's got a book in every single major Because I haven't read, like, when, what did, what did Sheep Dream? What is it called? Robots Dream of Sheep? Do uh, androids dream of electric sheep? That yes. was Philip K. Dick. Hold on, what? I thought Asimov wrote iRobot. He did write, write iRobot. What's iRobot's original name? iRobot. Is it? Yeah. Why did I get that confused then? Um, iRobot was a short story. Yeah. That was part of a series of stories that was collected in, an, in, in a collection called iRobot. But they're all about different robots following Asimov's three, three rules yeah. of, of robotics. The first one is... Uh, I, oh, the first one's Do No Harm to... No, Little... No, I mean, the first book, the first story was uh, Little Lost Robot. Okay. And it's about a uh, robot on a... That was doing industrial work on a uh, foreign planet. Foreign planet. On, you mean, mean Wally? Not Wally. Um, but it's like on Mercury or on Mars or something. Anyway, it was co- going across the... Uh, The 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 land or the light, the, okay. You know where Mercury is is super cold on one side, super hot on the other side. Oh, because this is not okay. Cool. Okay, I'll go with it. Huh? I'm going with it. Uh, well, it has no atmosphere, but it but it's really close to the sun. So yeah. The, so the sun side is super duper hot, like yeah, and literally it, hotter than a human can imagine. Does it not rotate? The back side it does not rotate. Really? Uh, That's scary. Of the uh, that's got to be so of the four weird. Planets, our rotation is the fastest, and the other two don't actually. I mean, they rotate, but they rotate in a uh, um helio. Yeah, so they don't turn. They just yeah, are heliotropic. They, yeah, they're heliotropic. Yeah, so they just revolve around the sun. But that Mercury point, and Venus both both face the sun. All yeah, the time. all the time. Okay, yeah, I didn't know that. So, what about this little robot? What's he doing? Okay, so he's. So he gets to a certain point and then he stops and comes back and and turns around comes back goes back for, back and forth. Basically, what they found out was that he because the first rule is uh, do no harm to humans. Yeah. Um, as long as it doesn't conflict with, with rule the one, first rule, do no harm always to... obey a human. Okay. Yeah. No. I thought it was do no harm to yourself. Do no harm to yourself. Yeah. And as long as it and as long as it doesn't conflict with the first two rules, always obey a human being. So. What would happen was they were told he they told him they told the robot to go do the thing in the harm side, but he'd get there and it would conflict and then come back and he'd say, no I have to go do the and it was it was having like a, a meltdown a nervous breakdown because it was different yeah weird robot psychology <laughs> I like it yeah, it's fun That's- it was it was a great book I'm I'm describing it horribly badly because last time I read it was like thirty years ago so yeah I get it. But uh, I want to remind folks, I'm sitting here with Brett Hanley. He's the author of Rocket Science. You can buy it in the description below on Amazon. Just look up Rocket Science or look up Brett Hanley or Brett D. Hanley. Yeah. And then, uh, but Brett, I want to say thank you so much for coming in. we got to be wrapping up. It is uh, at 940 or 9.54 right now, and we're going to turn the hour and play that stupid ID that we're required to play. So, <laughs> so stupid. I'm just kidding. It's, I mean, it is what it is. 
But uh, is there anything else you want to say before you go? Uh, buy my book. No. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, buy his book. Yeah, buy my book. Definitely buy my book. Buy that book, Rocket Science. It is not a children's book. It is mostly for adults. There are some very adult concepts in it. That's another one thing I loved growing up. Teenage is, sex and pregnancy are in it. Is that um, the, that's one of the uh, things I love. There's abortion I love in there. There's, there's death. There's homosexuality. There's everything. But nothing, it's nothing, ca- nothing, 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 nothing bad. You just describe community theater. I mean, it's not like an HBO book. It's never going to be an HBO series. Yeah. But <laughs> well, that, I just remember growing up, like, reading, reading, and then, like, when you finally read that book that is an adult book, uh-huh. you're like, whoa, you can say this kind of stuff? And oh, yeah. Yeah, or I think my that book was the sort of truth for me. See, I don't know if you've ever heard of that series, but it's oh, like see, a fantasy series. Yeah, your generation wouldn't wouldn't be experienced with it, but my generation, what would happen is Judy Bloom books. Judy Bloom, because Judy Bloom wrote beautiful, growing coming of age books, mostly for girls. But you know, I I don't I've never really believed in four girls. She wrote uh, God, Are You There? Is Me, Margaret? Yeah, because they're coming out with that movie. But she also wrote Wifey. And a bunch of really salacious books. I mean, well, that's what's that in that world in intimate detail. Well, that's what you know. It, it's funny because I think of this current commentary about libraries and banning books, and I'm thinking to myself, it's like you know, because that's where I'd get my books. Well, you know? the specific book that the that 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 the parents are complaining about. No, I get. I don't. I'm not really talking about specific. I'm talking about like growing up. Yeah. You the only where I could get books is at the library, so yeah. I would just read those books. But then when I started going like, oh. I wonder where else, like when you know, when you actually start making money, you can buy yeah. your own books. Yeah, and, and that's what I was like when I read the the Sword of Truth series. It had some very like sexual themes to it. And I was like, "This is crazy! I never read a book like this." And I'm like, "Oh, it's probably because <laughs> all the books I've ever read have been in the library from the school." So it's well, like a school library. And yeah, it's like, no, they're not gonna let you. They're not gonna let your twelve year old. And I was just like, "This is crazy!" And then. Uh, but yeah, it's it's just funny that people are complaining about today. I'm like, yeah, it's probably a good thing that we're not letting kids read that kind of stuff because no telling what. Because I was so surprised because the sort of truth was they made a TV show, and it was yeah. it was made by the same production company who did Hercules and Xena. So I was like, oh, this is really Renaissance? cool. Renaissance. Uh, it's that. What's the Sam Raimi? Sam Raimi's. Yeah, yeah Renaissance. It's uh, same people, and and then I was like, this is a neat story. I like this story. Where did it come from? And then I was. You know, Terry Goodkind wrote this epic tale, and I'm like, I'm going to buy that book. How much is that? And then, uh, but yeah, that's when I was like, ah, that's why libraries don't let you read books like this, because this is nothing like a TV show. Like, I was sitting like, well, I mean, unless the TV show came on HBO. That's true. Because if it was an HBO TV show, then it'd be more. You know, it's funny. I had no desire to read the Game of Thrones series. I never have either. I, like, I, I'm a big sci-fi guy. I haven't so even I, seen I like the Game of Thrones series. See, that's what I, I remember. Everyone was hyped up about it. And I watched it and I was like, I guess this is like fun, but there's not enough like action for me. It's Everything just, I know about Game of Thrones, I know through advertisements and through other people yeah. commenting on it. Yeah, it was just, and I was like, if this is anything like the books, this would be terrible because everyone's just like sleeping with each other. And it's like, oh, no, no, no. That just happens in the third, in the first three seasons. Well, I know, but in the book, I'm saying like, if I had read the book, I'm like, is that all I'm going to be reading? Because I can see. I can see that being a big part of the book. I'm like, oh, great. So. I don't know. I haven't read the books. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, I, had no I gather that they're based loosely on the Wars of the Roses in England, which there wasn't a lot of that whole everybody sleeping with each other going on at that time, but there was a lot of people getting murdered for no good reason. 
Well, I mean, it was a good reason they wanted to be king, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, people people just led with their emotions back then, so it that's what it was. But uh, this is uh, Mornings Alone Star. Thank you so much for tuning in. We have Brett Hanley in the studio, and make sure to buy his book Rocket Science on Amazon. We're going to get back to the programming, uh, regular programming here on Lone Star Community Radio. Just a reminder, uh, Cindy Cochran is going to be live today at 2 o'clock. That's going to be a wonderful time. She actually has Andrew's uh, wife in who works at a, a TV network, and I don't think they're going to talk about the Astros thing, about TV, they're going to be on TV or not. I don't know if that's like, the, I don't really know what's going on. If you didn't know, if you didn't know this, Brett, that the Astros and the Rockets are on a specific TV network. Well, they're not renewing their rights. Okay. So, as of right now, you have nowhere to watch the Astros coming opening day. And opening day is like in two weeks, three weeks. Pretty sure the MLB contract overrides the Astros contracts. Well, that's what people buy DirecTV because they want the Astros. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, we're not going to be on DirecTV anymore. Now you have to buy this. And people are going to be like, whoa. Oh, okay. Like, what do I do? People... You know how long it takes people to get to DirecTV to get the Astros? It took them like five years to convert. It's like, <laughs> so now now you're going to expect people to buy an app. And they're like, I don't know. What's an app? Like, that kind of stuff. So, but they're, she's coming in. It's going to be a fun show. It's going to be great. Guys, thanks for tuning in. We'll be back after these messages.